Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome into DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Comics properties being brought to the screen, both big and small. Keep in mind, this is a spoiler-filled show. If it's been released, it's fair to talk about it here. I'm David C. Robertson, your host. Last week, we began our DCAU review with Batman the Animated Series, and this week we'll continue with part two of the DCAU review, talking Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. Before we do, though, there's some news to weigh in on. Now, this is a busy week for us here. Um, I'm recording this news segment sans Jason on the 4th of July. Jason and I both have places to be, so I'm going to plow through what little news there actually is. Um, first of all, Gotham, we'll start off in tele- television, obviously. Gotham, The Flash, and Arrow have all released uh, synopses for their upcoming seasons. They're all terrible. Um, they don't actually really tell you anything about what's happening in the season. They mostly just backtrack and recap what has already happened and give us um, really ridiculous little old-timey questions like, is anyone really safe? How could they lure Oliver back? Those are out there if you want to check them out, but I don't really feel compelled to go into that here with you guys. We're better than that, right? Candace Patton over on The Flash, uh, she plays Iris West, was asked about her character, and she said she's found her way into Star Labs, and she's trying to get her career off the ground at Picture News. So I personally am really hoping to see Iris have more agency and more abilities to help the team and the Flash and the city that she loves so much. I want to see her stand on her own two feet and really contribute to the group. And, you know, I... I if you've heard this podcast, you know that Jason and I both agree with her. With her. We hope that that is what they do with that character. Uh, interestingly here, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, uh, executive producer of The Flash, is saying, Iris has been with Eddie for a long time, and they were living together. Eddie didn't just die, he died to save her. Obviously, Iris is going to be dealing with that. Barry is going to be dealing with the fact that all Barry has ever wanted to do is protect Iris, and in the end, it was Eddie who got to do it. That might be an interesting touch, but I really kind of hope they get over that pretty quickly. Also, apparently, they're going to be bringing in a uh, love interest for Joe. Uh, They're looking for an African-American actress in her early 40s to play a troubled old friend of Joe's. Um, And uh, then they'll get together and and some romance will begin a brewing. Also in The Flash, they uh, have talked about the... We are going to be getting a new role, a new uh, partner for Joe, Patty Spivett, who in the comics was a forensic scientist and a a love interest for Barry. So I'm sure that'll be amping up the CW-ness. Legends of Tomorrow concept art was released, and it's really badass. Go check it out. Go look around for it. It's it's everywhere. Um, It's just a concept art of of superheroes fighting using their powers. It's, It's pretty awesome. Over in movie news, Zack Snyder, director of Batman v Superman, says that Wonder Woman plays a super important part. In a lot of ways, she's the gateway drug to the rest of the Justice League. Uh, Now, Gal Gadot 
the uh, actress playing Wonder Woman said, there are so many expectations for this character, it's impossible not to be a, a little nervous about it. Uh, but she loves doing the sword play stuff. It's another skill to add to my collection. But she is still working on the lasso. Entertainment Weekly, by the way, has released six new photos from Batman vs. Superman. And they're about what you'd expect. Um, there's a picture of Batman and Superman standing toe-to-toe. Uh, a picture of Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince meeting at a fancy shindig. An alternate shot of a scene we caught a glimpse of in the trailer of uh, people with funky face pain all reaching out in worship to Superman. Batman in his Dark Knight Returns armor standing on a rooftop beside the bat signal. Jesse Eisenberg's Lux Luthor with long red hair. And really, It looks like a really bad wig, honestly. Um, he's standing in front of some, some crystal wear. Uh, a picture of Zack Snyder directing Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Now, this is not an advertisement for Entertainment Weekly. Uh, they are, they're not a sponsor of the show or anything. Uh, not that we wouldn't take their money. <laughs> uh, but I'll definitely be picking up this issue. It has Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman rocking the cover, and that that might just wind up framed and on my wall. That is pretty much everything for the news. Um, there was some mention of uh, Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck uh, talking about what makes the DC movies different than the Marvel movies and how they want to be a little more weighty and realistic. But I'm, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we don't really get into the whole Marvel versus DC debate. Um, I love Marvel and I love DC. I love elements of both of those universes. Um, I, I've been an avid reader of Marvel and DC comics for years. I've never understood the, uh, I've never really understood the, the hatred some fans have for either company i love the marvel movies but i'm not rooting for dc to fail i don't think you know they're shit or anything um i think that dc the dc properties have been mishandled a lot in all over the years but that's just kind of the way it goes and damn it we are lucky to actually be able to see these uh, comic book creations come to life, especially when you look back upon the history and see how close some of these characters were to being canceled at certain points, uh, or not have you know how close we were to never having some of these characters. So, if we're going to get a big screen or small screen rendition of any of these characters, I'm on board. All right, uh, that's everything. Now we'll get back to our DCAU review. So then the next stop. If you've watched Batman the Animated Series, is Superman the Animated Series. That is the next stop, yes. Superman the Animated um, Series, still Paul Dini, still Bruce Timm, all those cats, Alan Burnett, everyone you've come to know and love from, from Batman the Animated Series as far as uh, the, the production team. Uh, an unassailably brighter show than Batman the Animated right. Series. It is, which, it is um, in context, it's, it's the flash to the arrow. Um, it is the the happy kind of uh, happy go luckyish counterpart to a very dark brother. It is, and still but a it, fine it, thing. And it really is. Like the thing is, if you watch Superman the animated series, um, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to think, okay, now this is a little, <clears throat> this is a little lighthearted. Um, but mm-hmm. you're going to watch anyway because what they're going to start doing is introducing people like, come on, man, there's Lobo. There's several episodes with Lobo. That's one of the really I dare exciting you to things. Watch Lobo and not enjoy yourself. Especially in the late 90s, um, when we 
all us Batman TAS fans were sitting around going, well, it'd be cool if they could do the Justice League one day. And then you get into Superman the Animated Series and not force up, I think it's like four episodes in or something. You've already got him meeting the Flash. Right. And this is... uh, The foundation is being poured. We're we're talking about... We we do meet people within the Justice League, or in the Justice League, in the animated series, like Zatanna. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There are certain characters that cross over better with Batman thematically and other... But most of them cross over better with Superman. Um, right. Within Superman the Animated Series alone, I mean, you have Batman crossover, which is, mm-hmm. as I said, whole hell of a lot of fun. You get Lobo. Anytime you see also, the world's, world's finest on something, just do it. Just watch it. Read it. Whatever it is. Right. Um, Consume it. The main man. The main man part one and two is Lobo and Superman. You have a, yeah. There's a Flash it's episode. There's an Aquaman some episode. awful guitar work, but it's also... It's like my least favorite part of that of the Superman the animated series is the theme behind Lobo every time he comes on. It's just 80s well, look at Lobo. Do you, wreck. Yeah, do you, if you look at Lobo, <laughs> do you think that would be music you would enjoy? This is no, it's almost obnoxious. Which to, is, oh, I, he's internet interspatially. If there's some combination of like Fallout Boy and Poison, that's what Lobo listens to. <laughs> I would get killed no, around Lobo in thirty seconds because I would I would immediately look at his music and scowl and he would rip my fucking head off. Like <laughs> that's one of the beautiful things about Shirley Walker. She she had a way of uh she could compose a piece of music, she could create themes for characters that stick with you and stay true to the character. Um and that was true I can of hum Batman the, Joker's the Animated theme series right now. I mean it, it I, I still could, know it. I can hum Two Faces theme right now. Exactly. They, these things will stick with you, and they're gonna they train you to them because every time you see them, they're there. And you, it, the Joker shows up throughout the the canon of of this whole little uh, of this particular universe. Um, and and these aren't like you hear one trick ponies either. These aren't one trick ponies. These themes are manipulated. They're they're ensconced in pathos almost. It, that's what it feels yeah. like. You can you can read a scene. And the mood of the character through the the version of that theme that's playing, um, and, right. and they do no less with Superman the animated series. Right. Um, Shirley keep, Walker came the closest to creating the quintessential Superman theme outside of John Williams that I've ever seen. Right, and we were talking about marches uh, with Man of Steel, and I still like. I, I think I think their time has kind of come and gone. I'm not judging that. I'm not saying I wish it wasn't still around. I just think that it's probably not something we're going to see in for for a while. I just think the the Zimmer-esque uh, atmospheric theme is is what's going to win the day for 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 a good long minute. Um, but some of these shows were like the last times that I thought they went really really well. Anytime you're having mm-hmm. a bad day, just remember that Danny Elfman Batman theme. Everything you do will have more import. Everything you do will will seem like it matters. Mm-hmm. You can fold laundry to dun 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 dun, and you will fold the fuck out of that laundry. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, two things about the Superman animated series that stand out in my memory, and they're all character related. Obviously. Okay. All right. Because the animated series itself, like I don't remember, I don't even remember what the story arc is. I really don't. It 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 does seem like, um, and Batman has the same thing. There's all of these characters have arcs, but the show itself. It's not like there's, from season one through four, something that happened that, that carries over that much. There are parts of it that do, and there are episodes that do, and all of the characters have an arc, but 
it's within that context. It's not you had to watch the entire season to unravel a mystery. We're not doing all, it's not lost right. or something. Not even close. Um, but the two things that stood out the most were Metallo's a badass. Like I genuinely fear him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Bizarro may be the cutest thing I've ever seen. Bizarro, like a lot of the thing about the these arcs, a lot of them carry over into Justice League because how do you do Superman and not do it on a global if not cosmic scale? Right. Um, Don't give me Superman we, and not give me the Justice League. That's cruel. Su- Superman starts off with, they do, uh, th- a three-part episode. It's a three-part origin story. We start out on Krypton. We wind up in, in, in Metropolis. Um, we were introduced to Lex Luthor, uh, Clancy Brown, doing a, a fantastic voice voice work as, as uh, Lex Luthor. Um, Tim Daly as, as Superman is, is really just brilliant casting. He, he does a fine job. And if you haven't checked out his... I never would have thought it, too. I never would have thought it, and then I heard his voice. And God bless you, Andrea Romano. You did it again. Andrea Romano is is one of my personal heroes. The Tim Daly, if you... She never misses. By the way, if you haven't checked out Tim Daly's YouTube channel... He he, his son has also done Superman. He's also portrayed Superman in, uh, I believe Mm -hmm. it was the Flashpoint Paradox uh, animated movie. And... um, my God, he's got a, they've got a great sense of humor. I mean, you see people like Nathan Fillion pop up, Michael Rosenbaum, who was Lex Luthor on uh, Smallville and The Flash and Justice League. The, these the, Brandon Routh shows up. Dean Cain shows up. They have great, like, they're playing themselves, but they're all very proud of their Superman lineage. <laughs> right, it's, right. It's really fun. It's a lot of fun. But the overall themes, to me, like, the overall arc for Superman is... His, his, like the amount of power he has and what place he really has in our society. Um, right, right. Yeah, from the first episode to, I mean, Brave New Metropolis uh, is an episode where Lois, one of my favorites, where Lois is uh, thrown into uh, a parallel universe, and in that universe she has died, and Superman was so grief-stricken and so destroyed over not being able to save her that he sets up his version of a utopian society and he's he's teamed up with Lex Luthor for the greater good and they've basically created this dystopian future almost mm-hmm. like this like Lex is you know has been able to corner the market on everything because he basically rules the world with Superman so we're, everything is everything looks very futuristic but the people are the they're peasants um and and just Lois from our universe coming over into this universe has to snap him back into his right mind. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do this? And his whole reasoning is, I lost you. Um, even from that episode, and when you... Even the Bizarro episodes, since you mentioned them. Like, if Superman were at all, you know, mentally challenged for whatever reason or mentally hindered... Um, mm-hmm. He, this is what he would have to deal with, and he's faced with that, and he ha- he winds up taking Bizarro to his own little world where no one is, and so, <laughs> Bizarro winds up painting faces on rocks and <laughs> running around saving people. Oh, it's quote unquote it's, people. It's freaking adorable, is what it is. Like two episodes stand it out is. with Bizarro, it, and the first one early on, um, you know, when you introduced introduced to Bizarro, it's him learning that he's not Superman. And by the end of that episode, um, what what points it out is that even Bizarro knows that a basic premise of being Superman is you save Lois. Superman always saves Lois. Mm-hmm. That that's in the DNA. And mm-hmm. he's trying to save her in the middle of a of a crumbling you know factory. 
and Superman's the one who comes in and lifts the the giant piece of rock off of Lois's trapped leg and and grabs her hoists her and starts to take her out and you see you see it just crush Bizarro you see it crush his tiny strange face he he just mm-hmm. he realizes that 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 he's not the hero but same time he um he stalls the building or he he stalls that particular portion of the building from breaking long enough for them to get away. And Lois mm-hmm. gives him gives him a quick like over her over Clark's shoulder gives him a quick you know you are a hero and it's mm-hmm. it is it's damned touching and that the thing is like they've the Bizarro they've got is he that's all he really wants he's got Superman's DNA he just wants to be good but he doesn't know how so in his version he wants mm-hmm. to be bad he he doesn't right. really know exactly what he's supposed to do and it is a wonderful little arc they gave him because at the end of it yeah Superman basically just take confines him to this world where he he's just alone on this on this giant rock and he can't really hurt anybody so he he just he just confines him to a, a place so far away that he can't hurt anybody else but for bizarro mm-hmm. that was fine and he does he start he sets up these little rocks and he's built this little town out of stones and what he does is basically and you see him kind of kick over one rock and have it stumble and he does he's created this tiny little universe for himself where he protects these these rocks and that's his world and he's happy now because he finally has something to protect. And that part, it, it really is uh, just watching him finally have something to, I don't know, finally have something to be a hero, even if it is just a bunch of rocks. That's enough for him. And it was enough for me. I was damn happy for him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like I've said, a lot of this stuff is, is trailing into Justice League. And they didn't know they were doing Justice League um, at this point. They... um one one of the big one of the big things in in Superman and again this is spoiler territory but um the whole thing is we're we're bordering on spoil spoilers we're hoping that if you haven't seen this will intrigue you enough that you'll forget what we said happened and just go watch it there's a character uh in in Superman in the Superman animated series named Dan Turpin and he's mm-hmm. basically Superman's uh commissioner Gordon and for the for the longest time we're building up to dark side making an appearance and he does he finally does finally and does. superman of course you know eventually defeats him and um with one of Dark the greatest Side, lines that that is that episode where he has that that wonderful like fight um mm-hmm. best line in superman's the actual series is uh he's he's about to throw down with dark side and that's superman's fighting style he gets his ass beat for a second and then he kind of swells up and and goes at him and about the time he's at the get swole portion of the show, he tells Darkseid, "I feel like I live in a a world made of cardboard. Mm-hmm. I can never I can never use my full strength, but you can take it, can't you, big boy?" And just re- commences hitting, commences <laughs> God hitting another God level hitting. Like even Batman kind of steps back and okay, we should stay out of the, we should stay out of the way. Of this this <laughs> don't get caught up now. Darkseid is is. Uh... With the, with the help of Orion, Superman manages to to uh, send Darkseid back to Apocalypse and, and sends all the invasion of forces back. But Darkseid mm-hmm. takes decides to take the life of Dan Turpin. He, he they actually do they kill off a main character in the Superman canon, mm-hmm. and that that propels further storylines. Darkseid is the recurring villain here uh, as uh, the the recurring big bad. Lex Luthor is always there, but when you when you get to Legacy Part One and Two, and we've and we've seen like we have Super, Supergirl shows up and and all sorts of things, but Legacy Part One and Two is this is like brain we we come in and Darkseid has brainwashed Superman into believing that he was raised by Darkseid instead of the Kents. 
mm-hmm. he's loyal to Apocalypse. He's loyal to Darkseid. And no one on Earth trusts Superman anymore. The 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 government has taken Supergirl, and they're keeping her chained. And that that's, that's how this series basically ends with once again Superman trying to overcome what's happened to him and find that you know once again he's trying to find his place in the world. Um, he's trying to figure out where he belongs because no one trusts him anymore. And that leads heavily into into some of the Justice League stuff with. Uh, Amanda Waller and the government coming after the Justice League, not trusting the Justice League, and they even bring up that the, you know Superman has been brainwashed before and he's he's been used against us, right? Which every time you see Batman hatching some sort of what would I do if this guy got out of control plan, don't get on to him. This is exactly what you want from him. All everything that happens in Superman the animated series is build up to what goes down in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Actually, sounds about before right. Before we. Like there are lots of, of of nice episodes for 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 Jimmy Olsen for for Lois Lane for for building the the Superman portion of that universe, uh, but Superman the animated series is not my favorite. Batman the animated series always will be. Um, right. And even even Paul Dini and his crew have, have mentioned how hard it was to to keep going with Superman the animated series, and there were much less episodes of of Superman than there were of Batman. I, I should also point out. Yeah, uh, and they kind of, it seemed like they had kind of run their course a little bit on the, the series, uh, both series. They mm-hmm. And now I remember I remember uh, this story popping up where what had really happened was they went in and uh, they were looking for new episode orders and essentially the WB told them, um, we want to show about, you know, like a teenage Batman. And they thought that was the dumbest idea they'd ever freaking heard until they made it. And they they left the left the office. And by the time they'd gotten off the elevator, they had already kind of come up with, well, you know, it would be kind of cool. And, and by the time they were walking out to their cars and looking to split up in the parking lot, as you do to everyone go to their separate vehicles and go home, mm-hmm. they were they had devised Batman Beyond. Right. Um, and yeah, WB and wanted it to be of, all set in the future as well. A teenage yeah, Batman in the future. It, they didn't want it to which be. Which sounded like. It sounded like an exec just sort of rattling off everything he had recently seen pull well. Well, the future's up and mm-hmm. the future's trending and uh, Batman maybe a young one cuz let's it'd be like it'd be like Robin with Batman and then we'll put him in the future and lots of gadgets and I don't know some sex and go. <laughs> but this is all that's always been apparently the way that they did it where like Superman or I mean it was Superman god where WB would just come to them and say like okay, we're tired of this. Well, you should do this now. Oh, 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 okay. You want us to do Superman now? Yeah. All right, well, we're tired of Superman. We want you to do future Batman. Something in the future with Batman and he's a kid. What? Oh, okay. But somehow these guys, and they they delivered a great, a great product and kept it all canon. And they just kept building upon this canon. That's right. one of the most impressive things to I, me. I'm not sure they knew how much they were really building. I, I, I'm not sure how... F- how forward thinking it was that I almost it almost seems like they were building and they were playing on familiar concepts and they if they did something they they liked they always took a minute to call back to it but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how much they really played together i mean i knew they, they hmm? best crossover out of superman the animated series my my favorite girls night out really there's i know and it's only because of this um there's just one scene where Batgirl is like flying around on on Supergirl's uh, Supergirl's shoulders, and I just thought uh-huh. that well, that's the most that that's got to be one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I don't know why. 
it just it just seemed like one hell of a team up. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with the team up. It was just that the episode was a little lacking for me. But, yeah. I mean, it was still fine. I, thought, I enjoyed I, their Supergirl, though. I think my favorite episode of, um, well, my favorite team up episode was World's Finest. Easily. The World's Finest. I mean, you have to take that movie, but out of consideration for me to get the girls' night out. Oh, that's the Citizen Kane's of crossovers. This, this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is. All right. Um, one of my favorite mm-hmm. episodes um, was the late Mister Kent, uh, where the uh, the crooked cop. We don't know he's crooked completely, but um, he tries to kill Clark Kent, and of course Superman survives, and so then like Superman's trying to basically solve the the murder of Clark Kent and um it basically ends with the freaking cop or the detective who's been trying to quote unquote figure out who killed Clark Kent even though he did it um he's in the is in the gas chamber they they actually have him strapped down in the gas chamber and as like the green smoke is coming out to kill him he suddenly remembers he suddenly realizes oh my god Clark Kent is superman Clark Kent is superman <laughs> and like no one can hear him because he's behind the glass <laughs> And, um, yep, they let him go. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> and then next episode, we get Metallo with John Henry Irons. John Henry Irons done by uh, Dorn, by the way. Freaking. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Dorn. Wasn't, wait, wasn't uh, Metallo uh, Malcolm McDowell? He was. He, he Freaking was. Clockwork, Clockwork Orange, man. Yeah. That's I, fine the, the people who wanted to be on the show, just a, a small sampling of the people who apparently wanted to be on this. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart showing up as Saturn Girl. Um, Jason and, and then later as Dee Dee's. Showing up as Chameleon Boy. What? And then later as Dee Dee's. Melissa Joan Hart was Dee Dee's in, in Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, William H. Macy pops on for not even a real character, just director of the Paranormals Institute. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? People wanted to be on it. I mean, all right, uh, mix his spit licks. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried. And then, you know, of course, once you get into Justice League, you've got Amy Acker as the Huntress. You've got uh, Nathan Fillion. You have uh, uh, Adam Baldwin. You have, God, man, just Hell, so many Stephen people Root coming showed in. showed up at some point as like... Uh, Stephen Root. Who he showed up as, but people wanted to be a part of this. They did. And for good reason. It's an easy I mean, afternoon paycheck to go be a voice actor for, for one episode of something. It's an easy afternoon. You you go to work at like 11, you're out by 2, you make a decent mm-hmm. chunk of money, and you get to be a part of, you know, the Superman and Batman universe. Any day I'm on that. This is, I mean, this is like the old uh, Adam West series where, where it, had, it was so popular that celebrities wanted to be on the show, and they would always wind up being like... These cats who popped out of the window when Batman and Robin are walking up the side of a building, and uh, right. But this is that version of that where they just come in and they'll be like, "Sure, I'll be this random person that we didn't think we were going to have a voice for. Sure, I'll be the Huntress. Sure, I'll be, you know, whoever the hell, uh, an alternate version of Green Lantern. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I would do it. I really would. I I wouldn't care who you made me be. I really I I'd, I'd be happy to go be a villain of the week somewhere. Now, um, now, coming off of Superman, Superman go ahead. Yeah, I was going to do the same thing you were. Coming off of Superman, we go into Batman Beyond. We we shoot, you know, decades into the future. Bruce already has the Batman Beyond outfit. He already ha- that's his Batman outfit. He doesn't call himself Batman Beyond, by the way. That's just the title of the show. Um, it is. <laughs> he's and got the. It ends up being a very key set of words. Mm-hmm. He, but that will that we, will come to bear later. 
we start off, this is the same Batman the Animated Series universe once again. Batman is saving the granddaughter, I believe it is, of the daughter or granddaughter of Veronica Vreeland, who was the socialite that scorned the penguin back in animated series. Um, basically has a heart attack, or begins to, and to save his own life, pulls a gun on a thug and decides it's time. I've got to give this up. The day that I pull a gun on someone is the day that it's over. Right. Hangs it he up. He can no longer we, support his own idea. Uh, he, he just, his body physically cannot do this anymore. So we flash forward another, what, 12 years or so, and there's this there's this kid who has been sent to juvie. He's been, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of a bad kid. Voiced to Wayward, perfection yeah. by, yeah, voiced to perfection by Will Friedle, um Eric Matthews on Boy Meets World, or uh, Ron Possible on, on Kim and Possible. Um, mm-hmm. Very good voice actor. Pretty good actor in his own right. Um, can, can play a lot of different ranges. And he nails it as Terry McGinnis, this, 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 bad, this bad egg kid with a good heart who winds up getting chased by a, a gang of jokers. There's a, there are all these gangs of jokers. Like they look up to the old Joker, but only the really the aesthetic and uh, the villainy. They don't. Yeah. They they're not truly jokers. And and Bruce makes the a mischief, quick point They of like that. the clown motif, but they don't. They and there's a moment they don't in, get it. Um, they don't no. get it. In Return of the Joker, um, as, as you might expect, he comes back and he kind of meets these kids and just has no respect for them whatsoever. Right. Um, he meets a group of those kids. <laughs> there are always yeah. different groups of the Jokers. Like they just kind of clan about, you know. It's, it's a it's a kind of gang. It's like a template of gang that exists around the city. And McGinnis uh, makes his introduction, you know, as Terry McGinnis. He's not Batman in the origin of this. And he he shows up and already starts kind of kicking some of their asses, um, which is a bad mm-hmm. thing. You don't want to be the guy in this town who actually took on a Joker gang because, well, they've got really not a lot right. on their plate. So you become a very high priority. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not ideal, but he that's that's he does. He's got the same. He has the backbone of what it takes to be Batman. So sure enough, he sees these people being mischievous idiots and causing harm, and he stops them. Simple as that. The right. most basic instinct a, a Batman can have. And they chase uh, him all the way out to the outskirts of the city, and the fight the fight goes to the, the right outside the gates of Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. And as Terry's about to meet his demise, here's this grumpy cat-looking old man with a cane who tells him, get off my property. <laughs> and they actually do. They try to they try to take down Bruce Wayne. And Bruce, even in his aged, I have a cane state, beats their asses with said cane. Right. But I mean, we're talking saves- wrinkles, the jawlines protruding a little bit. This is a this is an old man. This is not mm-hmm. the Bruce Wayne you you grew up with. It is an old. Except dude. it is. It's Kevin Conroy. I mean, it is exactly that guy. It is Kevin <laughs> Conroy too. Um, it's precisely that guy. But there's nothing left of his physicality, and yet still, yeah, he, him and a cane. That's more than you need for a couple of well, jokers. He he kicks their asses, saves Terry, but in doing so, has another spell with his heart, and uh, Terry takes him into the house to get his pills and whatnot. And, as Bruce is resting, Terry discovers, oh, this this guy used to be Batman. And he there we go. Um, now, two things, though, and, you know, Beyond is, is, a, is a great series. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's fun um, as hell. 
it really it's it is it's a lot of fun they do they do a lot they take on a lot of new villains because they went into the future mm-hmm. and that gave them an opportunity to, to to create new villains and we're not hating on them for not using the villains that they're that were already there um mm-hmm. they stepped into a new canon so they could play and they do they come up with a couple of cool ones shriek is my favorite um yeah ink i think her name's ink ink is badass she, yeah 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 she's scary shriek yeah though, she's she's awesome my favorite just um uh, 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 basically a sound engineer that uh, kind of, he ends up in, you know, the Ace Chemicals kind of situation. Just a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. He gets stopped by Terry McGinnis, who at this point is Batman. And um, it, it causes him to go deaf. So he ends up transforming himself into this uh, kind of technology aug- augmented super sound being. It's weird. He he he, he gets all of his, t- he, he uses just sound waves to destroy whole chunks of, uh, the city at a time when he wants to. Um, he ends up being really kind of ominous because one of the fun parts when they do his episodes is they take out the score and you hear it like mm-hmm. he hears it, just nothing. You hear a little pulse and you hear a little wobble and a warble, but nothing. And, and those 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 episodes end up being a lot of fun. Um, right. Because it's amazing what and happens that, when you take the score out of something and do it well. You know? That Shriek episode, the first, I think, um, maybe the second, was, was, like was the second one of my Shriek favorites. Episode. Um. And, the two things were like, not to spend too much time on on Beyond, but for me personally, what what happens with with him is Terry McGinnis is masquerading as Batman, and that's what it feels mm-hmm. like until that one Shriek episode called uh, I think it's Babel. Um, okay, he he basically ultimatums the city that he creates a Tower of Babel effect, and he he does he creates a sound it's a frequency that disrupts the ability to read. Um, Throughout the city, so the whole thing's kind of caving in on itself. Because it, you'd be amazed what would happen if you if you gave everyone dyslexia all at once. It would turn some people crazy, and um, uh-huh. and it does. It's it's the city's turning on itself. And um, Shriek essentially tells um, McGinnis that he has two choices: he can let the city crumble, or he can turn himself in. And this is the first moment where I where I thought, okay, this kid is Batman. Because he does. He makes the simple choice. He goes and turns himself in. He doesn't think he's going to make it out of this. He goes and sacrifices himself for the city. Of course, he does make mm-hmm. it out because he's kind of a badass. But he didn't know. Is he one, one of, of my favorite episodes? Where I, really, where I really knew, like, okay, this kid is my Batman. Okay, I'll take the mantle being handed here. I, I love the bit where um, Shriek actually puts Bruce in the hospital. Like, he's got Bruce's, like, hearing voices that tell him that Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, jump out of the window. Bruce, jump out of the window. Mm-hmm. Kill yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. there's this great bit at the end where, you know, Bruce was, was like, I, I seriously thought I was going crazy. And then Terry was like, well, why didn't you jump out of the window? And he was like, well, there's just one thing. The voice kept calling me Bruce. And in my <laughs> own head, I don't call myself Bruce. <laughs> and that's the secret. By the way, one of the great secrets for why BTAS do all of this work, why that Batman character is the one that we hold in such high regard, they got it right. The Bruce thing is a complete facade when he it is when he goes to bed at night he's talking to himself as batman with that voice to batman the bruce thing is it's a that's a shroud he puts on so he can go out and take care of some of the the wayne enterprises business but to be clear batman beyond is basically the story of how bruce gets a new body and sometimes that body doesn't do what he wants them to do like, <laughs> now, man, yeah because Bruce the is, like, the Batman mo- for the most part, sitting in a bat cave, and... looking outside of, like, looking through a camera, seeing everything that Terry is doing and telling him what to do. And yeah. Terry doesn't agree all the time. It's a lot of fun. It is. And, you know, Terry's out there kind of learning how to take on this whole uh, 
It's a, it's a very large set of shoes. It really is. And he's doing his best with them. Um, but there were two turning points. The first time when I actually saw him were ready to die for you know, New Gotham. Um, that's that's the first part where I kind of had to admit, all right, well, this kid's this kid could be Batman. But then you get to Return of the Joker, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, to be sure, you have to make it through the entire series. But if you get to Return of the Joker, it's the Joker, the, pro- the Joker proper, the one that, that Batman has trouble with. And... You know, not not to kill the movie for you, but he stops him. Yeah, I, I, he Terry McGinnis, without the help of of Bruce Wayne, stops the the Joker proper, and that's where mm-hmm. you really have to stop stop and and admit, you know what, you stop the Joker, man. All right, you're the bat. And by the way, that movie, Tidal you know, goes back and bridges the gap between the Batman the animated series or Batman New Adventures and Batman Beyond. Like, we find out what happened to the, the kid Robin. Like, Batman Beyond, we actually find out what happened to Mr. Freeze. We find out what happened to Bane. We ha- mm-hmm. we know what happens mm-hmm. to Barbara Gordon. She becomes commissioner. Um, she becomes uh, a huge portion uh, of this. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's a huge part. And mm-hmm. we, even, we even find out what happened to Dick. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So, the final episode of, I mean, if you don't count Batman Beyond Return of the Joker as the final episode of Batman Beyond, um, which is, is really a movie, and if you find that movie, get the uncut version. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself the uncut version. Um, do not find out what happened watch to, the edited version. It, yeah, it's, it leaves out some key elements because it, they were too too brutal. So, anyway. But it um, is everything you want out of a Joker story. It's exactly as brutal as it should it be. It is. Get the right um, version. Do not dick around with your own integrity and get that other terrible thing. <laughs> but the final episode of the actual series, I think, was a... King, was a uh, oh, God, what was it? Vipers, a Viper story. story uh, but there's... The, the true, real, the true ending that really goes into Justice League is called the Call, where we find is a big two-part story where the Justice League of the future wants Terry McGinnis as part of the Justice League, and it very right. quickly becomes a murder mystery, and some really messed up stuff happens. Um, but it, it for the first time, really shows what a Justice League show can do, and soon thereafter, we actually do we get Justice League. Now, I don't, I don't want to. Again, I don't want to crap on static shock is there is had crossovers with all these things it was running concurrently to at least three of these series so due respect to static shock it's just not as good as any any of the other ones (laughs) it i i don't i don't know why exactly it wasn't it just didn't i don't know it didn't hit me the same but i mean all right look at the call the call part two written by Mm -hmm. teleplay by stan berkowitz written by alan burnett and Paul, paul dini Mm-hmm. If you know if you know this universe well enough to know those three names, there's nothing that should stop you from watching everything you have to to get to this episode. Right. Um, come on. You can't beat that for a team. Now, Justice League, Justice League does a lot of things. Justice League winds up, I mean, they've got big three-part episodes, like huge, like almost movies. Mm-hmm. And the core members, you've got Superman, who's now replaced. They get released replaced. individually as movies every now and then. It's they do. A titanic um, amount of data. 
you have you have Superman who's now he's not Tim Daly anymore. He's uh, George Newbern, which to me sounds just it sounds like it's the same character from the animated series. He sounds like um, Tim Daly. Uh, Tim Daly's voiced a bit a bit hickory smoked. If that makes any sense, like he looks a little. They've they've redesigned him a little bit. He looks like he's he's been seasoned with age. <laughs> I don't know why, Which but I was right very I was man, disappointed yeah. to find that Tim Daly wasn't coming back. But then George Newbern just kicked it out of the park, just knocked it out of the park. Um, we finally we get Wonder Woman. We get Kevin, good old Kevin Conroy, Batman. Michael Rosenbaum as the Flash. We get Hawk Girl. We get Phil Lamar as 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 as. Uh, John Stewart Green Lantern and <laughs> Martian Manhunter is finally a part of the group and they come together and to stop a, a nothing big gave me more joy than seeing John finally finally seeing him done really well really really well and for the first two seasons those are the those are the seven cats you get um, yeah. these are big big epic storylines leading up uh, leading into like dark side stories and and Mongol stories and all everything cosmic DC that you've you've wanted to see all this time, and they're done with the seriousness of Batman the animated series. They look better than the new Batman Adventures or Superman or Batman Beyond. They are done like movies. These things are well done. This is the best any yeah. of this has looked since Batman the animated series. By the way, this looks fantastic. We oh my god, like the the character development of Hawk Girl and 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 John Stewart. Um, oh, fantastic! I've never cared so much about Hot Girl. The um, oh, Starcrossed was an amazing episode. Starcrossed, when she's oh, it's just it, it, it pains me. It's so good. Um, and we even get little fourth wall jokes, little meta jokes where uh, Hot Girl's kind of in a precarious situation, and and uh, they kind of play upon real life for a second. And Batman mentions all of the uh, all of the I hate Hot Girl web rings online and she's like there there are people on the internet who hate me and he's like he names off like the exact number of websites like this many thousand websites that are dedicated <laughs> to hating hawk girl and which are all part of 43 web rings which are i mean is is great and she's just in the elevator with him staring dismayed and befuddled by how this possibly could have happened um well, which I mean, part of the she's great a superhero why I'd be confused too, but I help people. Why do they hate me? Right. But one of the, one of the great, great parts of Justice League is once again they're dealing with what part do these do these characters, as as they are, these gods have uh, in in society. Do we want them there? Yeah, they save us, but they're also and they deal with that in episodes like Justice the Justice Lords, where we actually do we see Superman come in and just he's had enough of Luther and he lobotomizes him. We have our, and then that's an alternate universe, and we get our our crew coming over to the Justice Lord universe and going, "Oh my God, what have you done?" Mm-hmm. And I think it is it's Batman who winds up defeating Batman, who goes, "You know, our parents would be so proud." <laughs> it, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of crossover with that, and he is like, uh, he's he's it's how he taunts the uh, the Batman he's there with. It's, it's part of his game for turning him a little bit. It's just getting under his mm-hmm. skin. With that line, um, something they did in universe, no, no crossovers, no multiverse necessary. It was uh, I forget which I forget which season it it instigates, but at some point the Watchtower does use their giant ass laser, um, mm-hmm. and needless to say, the government is not happy to learn that there's a Watchtower and that it has a giant nuclear level laser that they have mm-hmm. no control over. 
Right. Um, I mean, and in, that's, in doing that's, so, Superman disbands the league temporarily. Right. And well, he tries to, and then Green Arrow stands up. Ollie, Ollie, proper, I'll say. Proper. Who says like? I mean, this is like we're getting into unlimited stuff now. I mean, I mean, after uh, Dark Side, they, they, he and Superman really have a did, final row. Justice League proper, and then they just go Justice League Unlimited, where they just took all the freaking chains off. No, yeah, and you get everybody. It, these aren't big three-part episodes anymore. These are thirty-part episodes, uh, thirty-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. But you'll you'll get well, stories with Green, Unlimited goes Green back Lantern a little bit. Yeah, you'll have like green a Green Arrow story, Green Arrow and Black Canary hanging out, or Black Canary and the Huntress, and oh my God, the question, the question. Jeffrey Combs is the question. Oh, um, the question. One of my there, favorite there's Dark an o- Horse characters. There are big overarching stories involving the government coming after the League. There are big, um, there are big cosmic stories. It's and it it does it wraps up beautifully. Like I can't say enough about how funny the Flash is. How uh, amazing uh, Booster Gold is in too, his episode. There, they they use the Flash every time they have to hit a nerve. Um, with Batman, it's one where Batman kind of jettisons the Flash and a couple other people off a ship so he can take it. Um, he he's basically yeah. Batman is sacrificing himself. Uh, yeah, it's one of the classic Batman sacrifices himself and kicks them off the ship so it doesn't take them too. And you just see the Flash like look and see and realize what he's done, and then just turn and turn his back and like slump against the glass. And it's it, mm-hmm. it's enough to kind of crush you a second. Like it it hits him. And then later, because he thinks uh, like I referred to, he Toy thinks Man, Batman is coming um, with him. You what? He thought Batman was coming with him, and then he jettisons the pod and goes, "Gentlemen, it's been an honor." Oh yeah, and. And oh just, my God! And there's a later when Toy Man kind of um, gets rid of Superman for a while, and it ends up being a whole time thing. Um, mm-hmm. Long story. Go watch the episode. <laughs> but and Lobo tries he, to take his place. <laughs> I know it's, it gets weird. But there's a moment early on after after Superman's gone, and everyone's really mourning because he's he's straight up gone. And you know the you just have Wally. I forget who he's asking. I think it's John. Um, just asks him, you know, what do we, what do we do? Like I was always able to be, you know, playful, and I was always able to tell jokes because he was always there behind me. You know, what, what do we mm-hmm. do now? Yeah. And you ha- facing the idea that Wally West is considering taking life seriously, that should give you pause. Yeah. Wally and West don't take shit seriously. Again, this show was also great. I mean, it hit all the great emotional, dramatic points. Also hits a lot of the great uh, uh, comedic points. Um, once you get into Unlimited, you 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 do you have a Luther who has basically been driven out of his company. He's hell bent on destroying the Justice League. He does. He creates the the League of the League of Doom, as it were, in some iteration. Um, mm-hmm. That even includes Many. Bizarro, mm-hmm. and you have some who great I lines between Bizarro and Luther. Thought it was a good thing. And this isn't this There's isn't your Doom. super friends. Yeah, this isn't your super friends League of Doom. This is this is pretty serious, but they do no, hit some great comedic points. At some point, uh, Luther almost inadvertently becomes mind swapped with the Flash, which is really fun. As Michael Rosenbaum <laughs> played Lex Luthor and the Flash, so he played Le- mm-hmm. Lex Luthor in Smallville and then the Flash on Justice League. But right. um, there's a great bit where um, probably how the idea occurred Lex- to somebody. Lex Luthor is just annoyed as hell at being inside the Flash, and he's like, "Well, one one of the outcomes of this is that one of the great things about this is I can finally find out who the Flash is." And he takes off the mask and stares in the mirror for a second. And he goes, "I have no idea who this is." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, 
There's nothing to Wally West, man. He's not. You weren't gonna pull that mask off and find Bruce Wayne or something. It just. He's just a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and subsequently, you have Luther with the fl- in the mind of the Flash in that episode, who's in the bathroom trying to figure out what he's going to do. And uh, some villains come out, and they're like, so what's this big plan you're talking about? And he's like, oh, I'll get to that, I guess. And he goes to walk out, and they're like, wait a minute. Aren't you going to wash your hands? And he's like, no, because <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, and... One of the uh, one of my favorite little moments that uh, it's barely a moment, but there's somebody's teasing Batman in a cafeteria, essentially just setting him up for failure here. But they're asking mm-hmm. him about Wonder Woman, and he gives this good good ten fifteen second speech about how how she's a, a beautiful and powerful woman, and basically stops himself and does the old "She's behind me, isn't she?" And they kind of they're just smiling at him. Yep. Yeah, just, and it's not a Batman, thing. Even Batman getting called in that kind of moment, and just all he does is kind of. You know, walk away, but it yeah, is. it's not it's a funny. it's it's not a huge it's not a huge thing they play on. They do they do play on the Wonder Woman is attracted to Batman angle, and vice versa. Like we're like he'll save the day or something, and she's just like you know, damn, okay, dude. And she kind of gives him a kiss on the cheek for a second, and he blushes. Right, and everyone's kind of talking the behind their back. Like, by the way, he did, he did. We're talking about Batman here. He's 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 not. Not, not used. To this isn't that. something he's he's not, not used to he's on. not used to that. He's like I'm scary, damn it! Stop. <laughs> right. Don't kiss I'm scary. Me. Don't kiss me. <laughs> no, fear me. <laughs> Take um, your lips away. I'm what, the night. One of the best bits was um, when they they actually go the once in future thing. They go into the future and the future's all messed up. And uh, Terry McGinnis is there. Static Shock is there as an older man, and. We have young Batman and old Bruce Wayne talking, and they're mm-hmm. kind of com- cobbling up a plan together. And Terry is rattling about something, and they both turn to him and go, "Shut up!" And <laughs> they're talking, and he's like, "Well, I mean, what plan do you have?" And they, or do you have a plan? And the young Batman goes, "Well, that depends. Are criminal are criminals still a superstitious and cowardly lot?" <laughs> and it was a weird line for me, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's, it's a throwback, it's just, but Dini always uses that. Even go to his Brave and the Bold lines, he always uses superstitious and cowardly lot. It's in the freaking writer's yeah. Bible for BTAS. It is. And is I mean, it was in like the first issue of, of uh, well, I think it was in the first issue of Batman proper. Like when you go back and look at like the the untold origin um, mm-hmm. back in like 1940. Um, but yeah, it's... Justice League, I can't, I can't say enough about it. Then they do, they, they, they have an epilogue episode. There, there's an, they thought it was the last episode, and they wound up doing like twelve or so more episodes. <laughs> but they have an episode well, called they, they Epilogue. Had more time, they thought, but, but they were ready to throw all their chips in for this episode. Right, and they, the episode they remortgaged the house, man. The episode ties up the the ongoing storyline that's been going on with the government in in Justice League Unlimited. And ties up Batman Beyond. We flash forward is the proper end to Batman Beyond. We get Terry McGinnis as a full-grown man talking to a very old Amanda Waller, who has, by all accounts, uh, mellowed quite a bit on her views with uh, in regards to the Justice League and Batman in particular. Well, she says, over time, I came to trust him. Um and she does. Like at first, she explains. At first, we were enemies, and then after watching him, you know, save the city and the world over and over again, after a while, you kind of have to. You kind of just have to admit he's a good dude. That's what it came down but to. But that episode, she to respect him, and 
man i and like the 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 day that she learned to respect him when uh when the the uh what was it the the royal flush gang member ace she had these well, she has royal these flush gang mind powers version whatever point oh. right she has the this this it's the little girl it's a little girl she has mind powers and they're killing her and she's created this this whole <laughs> bubble of a reality out you know in in central park or something and it's it's growing it'll destroy everything and they send batman in because he's the only one who'll do what is necessary and they're like you've got to take her out and he has no intention of in doing that she gives him she, he gives her this little uh she gives him this little device that's meant to take her out i mean and it's not you know it's right meant to kill her it gives her a device to kill a small girl she mm-hmm. gives him a device yeah. and, and he gets in and thinking you're the only one who could possibly do it and he she he goes in with no real intent to kill and finds a scared so little girl who knows in. what's happening to her well she what? says that she scanned his brain and that's why she knew that he was never going to use that device and he just kind of agrees with mm-hmm. it i think it's like yeah. going to die yes soon yes but Batman just Great. sits there and and he just stays with a little girl as she's dying, and she's just sitting there on the swing, like all this chaos around her. But she's got that she she has a a pretty um it's it's a pretty impressive set of mental powers. So all this chaos around her, and for her, she's just sitting on a swing in the middle of a playground. But and she asks mm-hmm. him when when he she uh, he confirms that she's going to die, and she just asks him, "Will you stay with me?" And without saying a word, he just walks over to the swing beside her and sits down. And he looks almost goofy on this swing set. Just this giant man sitting But you next can't to tell her, because just... of the tears. You can't tell because yeah. of the tears. No, it's streaming down like, your own looks face. Like Aquaman by the time you're done. And that's the that's the part about this that's so that's so gorgeous. Is he just he just reaches out his hand and she puts she puts her hand in his. And the fact was like it takes a lot to be Batman, but that day he just had to hold a little girl's hand. That was it. That was the most Batman motherfucking thing he could have done was just be there for that little girl right then. And he does. He does. He, yeah. he owns the moment. Which is, is is the crucial catalyst for Amanda Waller to realize, oh, we've been going about this all wrong. Right. And the world will always need a Batman. And as she see as she tells Terry McGinnis over the course of the episode, he we 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 worked together. He stopped a lot of threats, but over the years we started to see him wear down. Because he's just a man, and we knew so. that we would have to, we would have to, we would have to step in and ensure that there was always a Batman. And huge spoilers here. I want to be fair to anyone who's listening. If if you actually are enticed enough that you want to watch all this, we've spoiled some stuff, but we haven't spoiled everything. Pause it. Come mm-hmm. back to us later before he says what he's about to say. Go, Dave. All right, Terry McGinnis, who we who we always assumed. His father was killed by uh, by uh, the corporation he he worked for. We we learned that that was his adopted son. That uh, Terry was his his adopted son. Terry is is quite literally the clone of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if we actually had a bit where we realized where Bruce. I don't know that Bruce knew. But at the it, beginning it never of that episode, clear about whether Bruce knew how well this was planned and how much it was centered around him. That that right. remained undone. Um, but we, like Terry and Bruce had had a a major row. He was sick of Bruce. He was sick of his Batman shit. He didn't want to, he wanted to get married to Dana from the Batman Beyond series. And, Mm -hmm. and being Batman had just, had just screwed up his life. And, uh, but then after hearing existential thing for him, because he, he felt like his, he was always fated to be this and that Bruce was always so far ahead of him intellectually that he was never going to be able to make a real choice for himself. 
And that, that's Which actually was, key. That probably tells us, though, that Bruce didn't know was his consolation prize at the end of this is that, well, it's Amanda's fault, not Bruce's. And I get the feeling that it is Bruce Wayne. So he didn't know, but decided it's probably best not to ever bring that up unless it absolutely comes to it. Um, <laughs> if you can get away with because not having it's, that it's, conversation, it's do Bruce. so. Um, but after hearing what Amanda Waller has to say and, and realizing who he is uh, in terms of lineage um, and what kind of man Bruce really is, um, mm-hmm. we have this very touching scene where, where Terry takes it in stride and we, he goes back to Wayne Manor and we, we see Bruce has dropped his pills. And he's, he's much older than we saw him in Batman Beyond. And he's on the ground fumbling for his pills. And yeah, Terry just I, goes that, in and picks up the pills. Watch. It really does. Cause it does. Bruce Wayne on his knees fumbling for pills. And, and Terry comes in and picks up the pills for him. And they, they just kind of have this unspoken conversation mm-hmm. where they both know we're cool. And and then it, it, Terry goes back out as Batman. He's accepted his fate as like, no, I'm, I'm I will proudly take this mantle. Yeah, and he goes right back out with the Batman suit on, and they do a great little homage because they thought it was going to be the last one. They do a great homage right. to the first episode on Leather Wings, where you see the the man bat fly right. by the police blimp, and you hear Kevin Conroy as a as a police officer inside the blimp go, "What was that? Or did you see that? Or whatever it was." Mm-hmm. And they they go back to the old Shirley Walker theme. They do the Batman Beyond theme for a minute, then they go back into the old theme, and you see Terry McGinnis fly by the police blimp, and the shadow f- flash by the police blimp, and you hear the same Kevin Conroy voice in the on a, in a police officer in the future go, "Did you see that?" But it was a touching way to to, to end out a a universe, and I I mean yeah. it, it's canon just because they did like a few more episodes, twenty something, sixteen, whatever it was, episodes after twelve episodes, I think maybe, but. It doesn't. It doesn't nullify that at all for me. It. It's. Uh, I mean, this is. This is a, a canon that no, you, it, you it can't can, ignore. This is. It can stand on its own. They could have put that episode anywhere. Yeah. This is by far yeah. the best DC has ever been on on screen, which is why we're talking about it. Which is why we've devoted two episodes now to it. Right. This um, is. This is the high bar. This is what it, we. If, if anyone came to hear us bitch about this, too damn bad. Just too right. damn bad for you. It's not going to happen. This is the golden standard. This is what everything's supposed to be striving for. We'll sit there all day and rip apart everybody who's who's basically not doing this well enough. Now, we don't want you to remake the animated yeah. series. We, we just want the same yeah. level of respect. Yeah, and if it, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's, that's, and in many cases, it was broken, and these guys fixed it. The guys right. who did the animated, the animated universe, the Batman the animated series through Justice League Unlimited, these guys fixed so much shit that was wrong in the DC universe. So much so that the comic books adapted their origins, adapted their characters. Right. Took you know, as as Kevin Smith on Fat Man and Batman says, they added spokes to the wheel, and right. you you can't ignore that. You this is. So much. I mean, we, you talk about like, well, I'm not going to go back and listen to the old radio shows of the old Superman radio shows just because they added Kryptonite to the mix. Well, that's fair, I guess, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about these are there are character arcs here, there are stories, there are, there are characters that didn't exist before this show, uh, before any of these shows. These are damn good characters. Damn good characters. The, this is an invaluable uh, <laughs> insertion into DC canon. 
It really I is. think that's all I, I've got I'm, to say about it. It's, uh, we could go on for hours more about individual episodes, how good they were. Yeah, they didn't get into... Which would amount um, to us just watching a bunch of episodes <laughs> and doing commentary. And the commentary would be roughly, oh my god, that's awesome. Oh my god, they did that great. Uh, it, it's, yeah. It's just... We'd do nothing but laud it for the amount of time that we talked about it. <laughs> this, yeah. This conversation has no kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it occurs to me yep. that we might not be as funny as we generally are when we're just heaping praise upon a thing, but well, I, I yeah, I'm I'm not even I'm not going for a joke here. I'm just honestly yeah, there's nothing to joke expressing about. how much I love this material. Period. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, uh, epilogue uh, among the many things that episode did really well. And seriously, you've got to watch some like 200 episodes to get to it if you mm-hmm. do it in in canon and keep it all straight. And right. it's completely worth it. Um, <laughs> it really is completely freaking worth it. But there's a line in there. You remember this line uh, when she's talking about why she redid Batman or why she decided that Batman had to be around the whole time? Maybe the angels need a sharp sword, too. Oh, that's a good line. One of my favorite, favorite lines describing just why why a vigilante is, is necessary. Because I understand people who, who just don't like vigilantism as just outright. I get the instinct, but... It's a it's a pretty pretty black and white version of a very gray tale, and uh, mm-hmm. within that gray you find those words, and, and you can't put it better. Yeah, great show, great humor. One of my favorite bits was uh, is uh, the government is, has taken hold of the question: who's uh, an insane conspiracy theorist? But really, quite sharp. Not even, and insane. he's not giving he's, up. He's a conspiracy theorist, but he's actually right a lot. Right, he's he's right a fair amount of the time, and he's they've got his uh, they've got him tied up, and they're they're electrocuting him, they're torturing him for answers, mm-hmm. and he's just spouting random conspiracy theories. And we get to an apex of torture, and they think they're about to get something out of him, and his response uh, about the Justice League and their real plans and all this shit. And the what we get is he says. <laughs> the plastic caps on shoelaces are called aglets, but their true purpose is sinister. <laughs> <laughs> that that line, I paused it because I, I I wanted to think about it for a second. Some part of it made sense. Some part of it, like instinctively, made a little bit of sense to me, but I couldn't prove they're it. True. I just but love their that. true purpose. They're is true. Much more sinister. Yeah. Oh my god. And they even they even do a send up of the like the Fox News. Um, guys you know like they've got like a rush limbaugh slash glenn beck type of guy who's very against superheroes Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite bits is like the flash getting roped into it and going on the show but the the guy uh and batman's just telling telling him leave it alone leave it alone and the guy uh just to to mirror how ridiculous some of these some of these glenn beck types are though this guy they've got up there is screaming uh since the justice league Half of marriages end in divorce, and the other half ends in death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the crowd is like, yeah, yeah, Justice League. What are they doing? It's just, it's great. It's just great. You have these little bit, like it's just crazy enough to work, like. Almost too crazy. Well, hell, even but. in even in epilogue, that you know this this huge culmination episode that seems like it's so deep, and it really does. It goes between it goes from the animated series straight through Mask of the Phantasm, all of it. It does. Even they do. Then, they bring in Mask of the Phantasm. There, they do. And 
even then, though, she's sitting there telling him this whole story about how she she came up with a plan. She came up with a project, or she named a project uh, called Batman Beyond. And that was the name of the project mm-hmm. that she gives this whole this whole of conspiracy. Course. And she said, well, the first step was to get Bruce's DNA, which was easy. He left it all around town. And then she like looks back at Terry. Not remotely how I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> Not even remotely what I meant. <laughs> There's some really great, really great humor in that, in the in the entire the entirety of the the of the canon, uh, which is yeah. you know a huge a huge red flag for these WB executives who think that no humor is the way to go on these movies. Oh, by the way, that that leaving his DNA around town thing, it's been one of my my qualms with Batman's mythos for a long time. Is I'm mm-hmm. sure Bruce Wayne's DNA is on file somewhere. Yeah, and he gets hit a lot. If I ever get to write Batman, the first thing I'm doing is is inserting some part of the story where he went into the the, the GCPD files and and put Bruce Wayne's DNA in there proper, and then changes his DNA slightly, not to actually not to actually enhance himself in any way, just to make sure that one chromosome somewhere doesn't show up exactly where it's supposed to. Right. I, well, why would you do that when you have someone like Commissioner Gordon on your side? Because as we discussed, we're pretty sure to labs. I mean, yeah, you can get a DNA test on for like a few hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to have legal standing to do so. But I, I'm guessing for a few hundred more dollars, you don't have to have standing if you find the right lab tech. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a qualm. But first thing I'm doing, I'm either going to have Batman go in through and uh, put in like a computer virus that rewrites everyone's history of what Bruce's DNA should look like. Or right. the other way around, I'll have him change his actual DNA. Either way. Well, if Bruce is ever, like, we've seen it uh, time and again, whenever he's, like, actually even mortally injured, uh, injured uh, or uh, possibly mortally injured, I mean, he doesn't go to a hospital. His ass goes to the Batcave and Alfred stitches his ass up. Or he goes to the little clinic and Leslie, yeah. Tomsk- Leslie Tompkins stitches him up enough so he can get back to Alfred. Dude doesn't go to a hospital. Yeah. Oh, and if anyone decides, by the way, that they're just going to skip the movies because they're not uh, on Netflix or it's not easy enough, there's one line in Mask of the Phantasm where he's talking to his parents' grave, crying because he's found a girlfriend and he's actually really happy, and he keeps asking the grave, uh, please tell me it's okay, I never counted on this, I never counted on being happy. You, you make it through that scene. You make it through that damn scene. Per, uh, it, oh, good lord. And Jason's description of the scene undercuts it completely, by the way. It's... This isn't just some girlfriend. This is like, he wants to. He's a, about to marry this girl. Like, this oh yeah, is, no, he's he's in love. This, he's genuinely in love. He even he starts the conversation out with the tombstone <laughs> by saying, you know, I, I, I think he says, um, it just doesn't hurt as much anymore. I'm sorry. He, he's just he's he's finally moving on with his life. Like his parents' death isn't just the single overwhelming drive in in his morning. He finally wakes up looking forward to something, and, and as d- he puts it, never counted on being happy. The, yeah, and to be perfectly clear, this isn't some Christopher Nolan, I've been around as Batman for a couple of years and now I'm going to not be because of some chick. This is, yeah. this is for, for all we've said about how they'll actually go ahead and give uh, villains their proper origin story with like a big two-parter, Mask of the Phantasm serves as a proper Batman origin um, we see him going. Oh, he goes off to train. He comes. He's come back, and he's about to start his life of crime fighting in Gotham when he meets uh, mm-hmm. Andrea. 
So he's not even Batman proper. This is this this is a, a flashback portion, and we know he will become Batman, and that that relationship won't work out. We just don't quite know why yet. Um, I believe we do have a good idea. Uh, that it's it's a heart heart rending scene, man. It's it it really it gives a fullness to Bruce's character, and even when you pop into um, as much as we all love Batman Beyond, that this is. As far as an uh, as far as a Batman origin goes, this is on par with how good that is. This isn't that scene by the way is, is this isn't by the way a CW bashing you over the head with this kind of shit uh, situation. You'll get no, little you bits here line. and there. Yeah, you earn it, and there will be there are little bits throughout the series. Uh, like in Batman Beyond, there's an episode where Talia comes back, uh, Rachel Ghoul's daughter. And Mm -hmm. she's finally ready to be with Batman. And he's like, but I'm old and you're young. Obviously you've been using the Lazarus pits. And she's like, well, we perfected the pits. It's not a big deal. We can, we can stay young. And I want to make you young again. But right before she comes back, Bruce is like sitting in the cave and he's lonely. He's old and he's lonely. And you see him looking through like almost Facebook pictures. They're not Facebook pictures, but they're pictures no, he's, of him with he's different got his women own, that like, he's bat computer version of a scrapbook. Right. And he's like looking through pictures of the women he's loved. Like he's reminiscing and, and thinking, you know, doing the whole what could have been. Um and everybody from you know, on Andrea to, to Barbara Gordon is in there. Yeah. And I mean, it's, he, it's a guy that can stand next to gods, but he is human. And this is this is a uh and that is that's a particularly disturbing episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, do you, I don't even like thinking about that one because the, the, the oh little, man, yeah, uh, the twist on it's just it it's good television, but it still gives me the creeps. It's so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I mean, is there is there anything we haven't covered? Oh, by the way, I if, don't, uh, if anyone has copies of Zeta, g- g- contact us. Yeah, if you Not have, if us. you have. <laughs> if you we can't yeah, find that shit anywhere. There's a there is the Zeta Project. It is a spin-off of Batman Beyond. It doesn't mm-hmm. have an ending. The ending is basic of the series is basically what you get at the end of that ep- the the pilot episode of Batman Beyond cuz uh WB canceled the show, but it is part of the DC DCAU canon, the the Diniverse canon. Um yeah. not terribly important. I have no idea if it's good. I don't know. It could be the best yeah. thing in it. Yeah, we can't we can't find copies. We can't of it. I think find they released it. half of a season on DVD somewhere at some point. It didn't sell well enough, so they never released the rest of it. Anyway, I can't find that anymore. Anywho, uh, I think that wraps it up for us. Go check out Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. All of these things are, are fine things, and be sure to check out Don't the movies. Don't forget Return of the Joker while you're at it. Fantastic. Return of the Joker. Fantasm. These are great, Sub-Zero, great things. Yeah. Sub-Zero is, oh, man. Oh, just the Mr. And Free storyline in general. If you find yourself, just... after all of that, still needing more. Well, they've got DC. They've got all these direct-to-DVD movies, a lot of which are voiced by Conroy and Daly. They're not... Yeah. None of them are precisely in canon after that, that first... I mean, pretty much after Unlimited ends, it, that mm-hmm. story ends. But they're still really good. Um, a lot they of these are. movies uh, are, are just as good as anything else that's out there. And a hell of a lot better than uh, the actual live-action stuff that's made it so far. Here's hoping. I would completely agree with Jason on this point. Um, 
but yeah, if you if you want a great precursor to to just about anything in the comics, go go look at all that stuff, man. Go look at go look at the animated series stuff because my or, God, say you're it, say you're not a reader. Say you've made it this far. Like say you watched uh, Man of Steel and suddenly decided that you liked DC Universe and somehow you found this podcast. Well. First of all, you're impossible, so I'm not talking to you. But it, if you've actually ended up in don't, that situation... Don't listen to Jason. Please keep listening to and, us. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've actually found yourself in that situation, you, you want to find out what BVS is really going to be about, there's a cheat code. They released The Dark Knight Returns, Part 1 and 2. It's a straight-to-DVD movie. It's, it's the most honorable preservation of that material I've ever seen. It's, I would agree. It, it's almost shot for shot in some cases. Now, thankfully, the animation looks much better than Miller's drawings, but it's, oh, my God, it's good. It is. That's going to wrap it up Take- for us this week. Go check out that stuff, man. Seriously. We are DC we'll be, on screen. We'll be back to bitch about mm-hmm. other things at some point in the future. Well, we'll be back next week. I just, I don't know what we're going to be talking about exactly. <laughs> Well, that's still being worked on. I'm sure we've been griping about something and how it's not as good as all this crap. Right. We are DC On Screen. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or DCOnScreen.com, as well as Facebook. If you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and would like a podcast about that, go check out our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. That is that is MCUcast.com. You can find them on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Leave us some feedback. We'll we'll get back to you on the show. We'll mention you on the show. I can't, you know, we'll respond to you directly on our recording. It's amazing and podcasts do that. So, hey, Let's let's try that out. We we did it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Also, if you are so inclined and would like to hear more of us, which we'll keep doing it for a while yet anyway, but please go give us some some reviews, some favorable reviews, five-star ratings on Stitcher and iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. I'm David C. Robertson of Maladjusted.tv. This is my co-host, Jason. I've never oh, done that before. I was supposed to say something. No, we never. We never have. <coughs> Hello. That was on me, folks. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Go watch some Batman, y'all. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.